Welcome back to another episode of Integrate Yourself. You're listening to episode 45. We're your hosts, Allison Pillow and Maya Gottlieb. You can find me, Allison, at pureenergypdx.com, and you can find Maya at mayagottlieb.com. Maya and I are both certified nutrition and fitness coaches, and together we share over 20 years' experience in the field, coaching clients and doing our own research on leading-edge nutrition and fitness in regard to hormonal balance and aging. This show is all about sharing with you creative ways you can integrate all aspects of health into your life and teaching you how to become your own authority when it comes to your health and wellness. Today, we're speaking with Kate Deering. We are so excited to have her back on the show for a second time. She, we interviewed her back on episode 16, so if you want to hear her first interview with us, refer to episode 16 of Integrate Yourself, and you'll find that there is so much information in that episode as well as this one today. We talked about a lot of basic nutrition skills in the last episode, and today we wanted to talk a little bit more about the mindset um, that comes with new nutritional beliefs and nutritional habits that happen that actually have to happen before you are able to make a real lasting change in your life uh, around your nutrition, because it's just such a big and important thing for people. I think it's bigger sometimes than people actually realize, and sometimes it... uh, it's a security thing. It's also, you know, you're always wanting to fall back on things you're familiar with or things you feel comfortable with. And that's why I think it's hard sometimes for people to make a change in that area. So that we talk about today, how, how important it is to really make sure that your belief system is in line with where you're going, where your focus is with your nutrition and your health. And so, for example, if it's just about weight loss, there's not really much purpose within that within that goal. So it's like finding the purpose around why you're doing something actually connects you to that goal, actually on a chemical level, a biochemical level in your brain. And that's it's super interesting to think of it that way. So it's not about willpower. It's really just about. Uh, connecting with that purpose so that your brain can function properly to actually follow through with that goal. So um, very interesting stuff. And then uh, we have a topic show coming up where Maya and I talk a little more in detail about this subject uh, because it's just such an interesting subject. I'm so into the neuroscience thing right now. So um, we'll be talking a lot about that in the future. But Kate is also really into that uh, lately and she shares her take on that as well as we do talk about carbohydrates and we talk about uh, really what it takes to make that mind shift change and make a change for longevity for a sustainable change one that you can stick with and that you can that can you know because most diets we talk about in this episode are not sustainable and you know you you may really see results in the beginning but how do you maintain that you know how do you maintain that weight loss that you initially have from the diet a lot of times people gain it back and we talk about how you can make that shift that change with the nutrition more sustainable so that you don't have to keep worrying about gaining the weight back or 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 being unhealthy or depleted because of that diet Uh, I want to remind everybody the best way you can support us is to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is now the Integrate Yourself YouTube channel. It is under my name, Allison Pelosi. So check it out. 
And that's really the best way to support us because the more people that subscribe, the more people that view and listen to our show, the more uh, that we're going to be able to get out there to more people and give this information to a lot more people for free. I want to I want to help people get healthier. Um, and I think this is this is one of the best ways to do it. So we really thank you guys for your support. And I know I say it every time, but I really do mean it. We appreciate you so much. And um, and if you do have the time, I know time is, is very valuable these days. But if you do have the time and the energy, we would love it if you'd head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because also the more reviews we have, the more that we can get out to more people. And also, we you guys give us such great feedback. We love hearing it. And we want want to really hear what you guys think. So we, we appreciate that too. So without further ado, here's the show. So welcome everybody to Integrate Yourself. We're your hosts, Allison Pillow and Maya Gottlieb. You can find me, Allison, at pureenergypdx.com, and you can find Maya at mayagottlieb.com. And just to let everybody know, we have combined our YouTube channels. So we're Maya and I are now together on YouTube under Integrate Yourself. So if you are subscribed to the channel and you notice there was a change in the title, that is why we're, we're combining our forces to become more powerful and to get out to more people. So thank you guys for subscribing to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. Uh, today, we're here with Kate Deering of Kate Deering Fitness. She has been on our show before, and uh, we want to welcome her to our show and thank her so much for coming back on. We had such a great show last time. I thought it's it would be awesome to have Kate back on the show. Kate has written a book called, if you guys aren't familiar with Kate, she's written a book called How to Heal Your Metabolism, and it's a book that we refer to many of our clients, and it's kind of the Bible of, of the diet that we that we prefer and that we suggest and go by as coaches. And it's just a great information all packed into one book and it makes it really simple. So Kate, thanks again for coming on and welcome back. Oh, thanks again. I love your reference. I love the Bible thing. That's, <laughs> That's the way I think of it. You know, it's such a great I, reference. So, I, I love mean, that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're now Moses. <laughs> with the Bible. If I could only get part the, the Red Sea, that would be, I would get it. People would really start paying attention at that point. Um, yeah, we're definitely glad you're back on. And um, one of the things we're going to talk about hopefully today is um, how the weight loss um, idea is kind of pulling people in different directions and getting them lost and how we kind of need to help kind of understand what nutrition is there for. It's another tool to help you in your guidance to keeping stress down and allowing you to live a, a fulfilled life. And um, when nutrition becomes overwhelming and you don't know what you're doing because you've tried everything under the sun, um, sometimes we just need to kind of step back and look at why certain things are not working for you. And um, today we want to talk a little bit about that and why your metabolism is important for you individually to figure out and move on with uh, what works for you. So Kate, first thing we're going to, I'm going to ask is, can you tell them a little bit about why the, the liver is a really important and why that they need to be paying attention to the storage of what's happening to the liver and why this is affecting maybe even when you try Ray Pete's work and 
try his um, ideas? Well, there's a lot of good reasons why the liver is important. At least 500, because that's about how many functions <laughs> it does. So besides the, the fact that it does, you know, filtering of the blood, you know, it also stores uh, glycogen or sugar, essentially. And that stored glycogen helps regulate your blood sugar. So the only place that your blood sugar is regulated through is stored glycogen in the liver, not anywhere else. And because we all need to have a you know, a, a blood sugar that's maintained. We don't want to have ups and downs of blood sugar. You know, if your liver isn't working optimally, it usually has an issue with storing enough glycogen. Um, <clears throat> and so that comes with, you know, toxification, drugs, you know, damage, dieting, um, and all those things stress your liver. Excess estrogen, all of these things are going to stress your liver. And so when your liver isn't functioning, like I said, properly, and it can't store enough glycogen to regulate blood sugar, then you're going to have all these ups and downs. Then you're also going to have trouble with sleeping. Um, you're going to be waking up a lot throughout the night. Um, and so to, it's important that we help keep that liver in good health. And, and a lot of the things that we need to do as far as that are, A, maintaining enough protein in our diet. So I know Ray uh, says at least 80 grams, and it depends on the individual, but that it's at least basically to help maintain your liver function. And also, of course, having enough good um, sugars in your diet, because you have to maintain a certain level of glycogen in the liver or sugars in the liver store so that you can keep your blood sugar regulated. Um, the B vitamins are also super important. Um, also because, you know, our liver is essentially a storage area for a lot of our nutrition. You know, so if you are, don't have enough, you know, you're going to suffer in those levels. And that's another reason why eating liver is such mm -hmm. a powerhouse full of nutrition, because that's where we store it all. Right. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing I noticed um, some people don't recognize is that um, glucose is important for the brain and your metabolism glucose is affected through your liver. So like, even if you are ingesting some sugars or how are you, you know, you can't focus on having this idea of sugar is just going to fix you, but it also doesn't mean it's not going to, um, create some other thing that shows that you had deficiency in because when you add it, you're going to be kind of in a situation where you got to find what what the proportion and the timing and how it works for you and what kind of sugar works for you because there's such a debate now and some of our listeners get a little confused about why sugar is important because there's still a demonizing of sugar um, and how fast and how slow they should be incorporating in it if they haven't had it so if you came from a ketosis diet and we had just talked about that part maybe we should refresh about why the ketosis may not work, you know, when you're adding sugar back in, why it might affect you. Yeah, and I think that sugar is actually, it's being demonized more than it ever has. Probably, the, more yeah. so because the, the, the ketogenic diet is very popular right now. And yeah. so I think when something like that, who is reliant mostly on ketones and basically very, going very low carb, you know, that's kind of, and, and people are getting results. So, you know, it is confusing because they're like, well, I took all the sugar away and I feel better. Yeah. And then yeah, when you, that would make sense. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. Lasted for only so long. Yeah. I remember when I did that. Yeah. I was really lean all the time. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> and then I felt like shit. And then you didn't have energy to do anything else in your life, but just lay there yeah. and be lean. But, <laughs> 
I look so good. Right? Yeah. You were just grumpy as heck and, and, no, and you didn't want to be around people. And right, right. And I could eat oh, your arm at any, no, I don't, I don't want to take, I mean, there's a lot of people that are, are benefiting from a ketogenic diet. And yes. I, so I don't want to take anything from them. And I don't want to say this is right or wrong. We're all on our own paths. Um, personally, when you do look at physiology and you look at a healthy human being and you see how, how their functions work, you know, we'll understand why glucose is so important to the system and why our brains like it and how, and they utilize so much of it, you know, as such a, a small body part, you know, it's about 7% of your weight, but uses about 20% of your, your, uh, glucose. So mm. can it use other resources? Absolutely. You know, our, our bodies are there to survive, you know, but is it ideal to use ketones over glucose? I don't think human physiology says that to us. I mean, I think it's a secondary resource. And if you see what happens in physiology and how we actually have to start, what, ha what we have to go through to start burning ketones, we have to go through a stress system. And yeah. that's kind of what we're trying to get away from is unstressing the body. Because right now we're all in a hugely stressed life and we're eating stressful diets and we're eating too less or not as much nutrition. And it's creating more stress and demands on our system. And it's not giving us an optimal uh, metabolic rate, essentially. Which is interesting. Um, there's been talk about like the difference between males and females in terms of liver size. How much have you noticed that being an issue? Maybe more men lean to ketone diet versus women. Maybe they try it for a while and then they realize that doesn't really work for them too. Do you see that kind of happening with some of your clients? And, and, and do you feel that kind of is a truth in terms of that? Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, it seems that a lot of the people that I've worked with that have gone very low carb probably did too much protein. You know, it, what they weren't on a real ketogenic diet as far as super high fat and, you know, moderate, I don't actually see that, you know, I don't actually see a lot of people doing a true ketogenic diet. You know, yeah. I know there's like some sub substrates of it going on right now. There's like the moderate or the partial keto. And I don't, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, right. <laughs> How do you partially <laughs> to do it? It's because it's know? too hard to do it, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. And all it sounds like is that they're eating less. To yeah. Me, you know? And, and that's what I see. Removing a lot of the processed foods. So they yeah. feel better. Not eating a lot of these grains and oatmeal and all of these. Which is good. Foods. Yeah. yeah, which is a benefit, right? Yeah. So, but ultimately what I see is like, okay, you're eating less and in in maybe because they're all inter doing intermittent fasting in a mm -hmm. smaller period of time, you know, and you're giving your body, I guess, a substantial break. It all sounds like they're actually doing less activity too. So that's less stress to their system. So there's, there are some things that I see that people are doing. I'm like, well, that would make sense. That's less stress to your system. That's less stress. But ultimately, you know, they're, they're, they're getting leaner because they're eating a lot less. And mm -hmm. you will get leaner initially by eating a lot less. And, you know, and so, and if you can maintain blood sugar level because you're not, you know, you're just kind of eating in this window of opportunity and your body is now starting to utilize ketones and fat. So you, you kind of feel a little bit more balanced, but ultimately long-term, that's not a good method for maintaining a high metabolism and keeping it. And usually ultimately what you see is these people do crash. Yeah, it, absolutely. And I, and when we, when I mentioned, uh, when I made the comment about being lean and like just looking and having no energy to do anything, I'm really talking about myself and I'm just making fun of myself. So for everybody out there, that is what that means. Um, and then also, I wanted to follow up on that though, Kate, Katie, cause I mean, Kate, 
Katie. I was just with Katie Bowman. Sorry. I'm going to have to switch gears here. Um, So Kate, uh, with the whole metabolism thing. So it's what I'm seeing too is like we're in a mindset. We're not really understanding really how the metabolism works. And I mentioned this when on our last interview together, but I wanted to get into this a little bit more and, and talk a little bit about like the, the theory of metabolism and how it's really misunderstood and you know, as your metabolism raises, you actually need to feed it and it it requires more nutrients and you go through nutrients much faster. So I think that's what people don't understand. And when I coach people, you know, I'm trying to get them to realize like how much energy you're using. You don't want to go over the amount of energy you're using and not taking enough in. Like you don't want to have a deficit essentially, because if this was like a bank account, we would be in debt all the time, right? Right. Right. Just like that. But as you as you require more energy, you're going to need more energy. And I think that's where people kind of have a disconnect because we've been taught to eat less and get lean. And then you're, you're healthier when you eat less, right? No matter what. And so like, because I feel like we're in this weight loss mentality is what I like to call it. What is your opinion on that? You know, because I think it's going to be more of like uh, really a real mindset shift for a lot of people to think about feeding more, feeding themselves more. Yeah. So I, I you know? think, and, I, and I've thought about this a lot because I've been reading a lot of books on habit and mentality and mindset. And I, right. I think one thing that's happened is that, you know, we're always gold, our brains are goal driven. And so if we see the goal as weight loss and we always see like, that's the thing we want weight loss, we want weight loss, right? So our brains are already programmed for weight loss. And when we start shifting people to a healing mentality, the goal cannot be weight loss because it could come late. It could come here. And so they can get some sort of frustration going on with that. But what I think is if you can shift your goal and say, my goal set now is to get warmer. My goal set now is to increase pulsing temperature and to get away from actual weight loss, because that, that will always derail you. If, if that is your main goal, you know, and you still see it I'm like, yeah, I want to get healthy. But I still want to lose 50 pounds. I'm like, okay, we need to get you healthy first. And then we can focus on the weight loss. So we need to focus on all of this better energy. You know, are you having a bowel movement daily? These are now your new goals that I want your brain to focus on so that you can get away from that mindset. Because if not, you're going to constantly go back to what you used to think. And that is the shift that has to happen mentally so that you can go through this process and feel safe and know that you're doing the right thing because it's so against what you've been doing the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life. And if you don't think that your brain is just on this path and it's just going to shift like that, it's not. We have to retrain it and we have to give it a new goal. And if we don't have those goals and know what we're doing and, 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 and put those into our new daily programming, you're going to always go back to your comfort zone. Well, I'm not losing any weight. I'm going to start, and then you get derailed, and then you start doing your old activities that would lead you to, you know, weight loss, because we're just trained to do that, you know, it's nothing that we have, have done, it's just, that's what our brains have trained us to do, and that's what we'll go back to, so I think that's part of the conversation that has to start happening, because so much focus is on that weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, everything, media, every diet plan, yes. you know, it's, and, and, and we all want to look better. And that's a real, real thing because that's put into our society, you know? And so we have to change that conversation to, we have to get you healthier first. And this is what health looks like. And when we get you healthier, we can start whittling away. And then that way, when you lose the weight, 
you're still going to feel good. You're not going to have all these cravings. You're going to have good energy. You're going to have all of these things that you've been wanting and you're not going to feel deprived or have to completely remove a macronutrient to, to get to where you want to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and someone else mentioned this. It's like, okay, great. You have this one goal. So then you've lost the weight. What do you do then? What do you yeah. call your, what you need to have a maintenance, an idea of how you're going to maintain, like, what are you focused on in that? in that moment of where I finally get a goal and I do what I need to do. But most of the time, if you hit, see any of those programs of diets or any kind of removing of macronutrients, you can't sustain that for a long time in the period. And you know, what, what you were talking about, like focusing on one of the weight loss, it reminds me of what they call target fixation. And where you basically, if you are in a motorcycle, they teach you not to do that because if you do, you run into what you're looking for. And so if you think about how like Brene Brown and all these other self um, uh, improvement, you know, people that are out there, they talk about like, if you search for something, you will find it. So if I keep telling myself, I'm too fat, I'm, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. Yeah, you'll reinforce it all the time. So if you think about weight loss as that, you're, you're focusing on seeing what you have not done. I have not lost that weight yet. So it makes you do everything in that stress keeps building back on the cycle and you will find that you have not, you, you will succeed in finding what you do not want or do what you say you don't, don't want. Yeah. Right. I mean, what you focus on is what you, you know, what you're going to bring to yourself. So, you know, and that, I think that just comes with the other part of you need to be happy with exactly where you are right now and be in that state, you know, and I'm like, I can't even tell you how many women that I've spoken to, you know, and are like, well, show me, look what I used to look like when I was 25. I was so thin. I look so great. I'm like, let me ask you a question. When you were 25, did you think that about yourself? Or were you complaining that you needed to lose five or 10 more pounds, or you had this little thing, or you had this mark? I mean, were you at a happy place? Or were you unappreciative of that? Oh, I probably was really critical of myself. Exactly. And so exactly. So right now you need to be appreciative of exactly where you're at. Cause you don't know. I mean, something could happen in 20 years and that, you know, you're like, look at how beautiful I was. So be happy with exactly where you are right now. You have to find it in you to love and find things about you that you love and find things about you that you, you want to focus on and keep that energy there. And that's what you'll bring closer to you then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like yeah. I said. I know for sure that that's what I was doing back then. I mean, I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell was I thinking? Why was I so self-critical, you know? So that's a great, that's a great advice. That's a great point to be made that, you know, we look at that and look at how you feel about yourself right now and think about how important it is to just feel good right now about yourself where you are and um, have great appreciation and gratitude for that. Yeah. And you might not be where you want to be and that's right. okay. You know, we, I get that, you know, I get you're not where you want, but find five things that are good. You know, I mean, and that could be anything. Do you like your skin tone? Do you like how your skin is? Do you like your hair? I mean, whatever that right. is that you like, you know, and, and those are going to be the places that you keep your energy in, in that place of, I love myself versus I hate myself because I'm not 10 pounds, this 20 pounds, this I can't, whatever that conversation is. Your mind is so powerful and a part of this process in the healing as far as it's going to direct you to your comfort area. So it's always going to want things to be easier for you. So it's always going to go back to what was, what you used to do. And it's also going to take you to whatever you focus on. Just like Maya said, it's, it's, that's what's going to happen. And so if we can understand that and start using our brains, but we have to train them 
right? It doesn't happen yeah. like that. You have to keep working on it and working on it and working on it. But the more you keep that focus, it becomes more habitual and that starts creating your path for you. Mm. Absolutely. That vision of where you want to go, that's the focus because that's where you'll go. Like, like Maya said too, you know, like if you're focusing on something positive, a, a, a clear vision of where you want to be, then that's where, where you'll go most likely. And with yeah. all of that, you, you need to understand that the fuel is, is the way you're going to be able to sustain exactly. it. Like the physiological you can't will yourself into this. Like it's not some kind of, um, you know, I, I'll over overcome something. What it really is, is finding like a, an attunement, you know, you're listening to the finding of your fine, of your instrument. You know, you're looking to see, okay, am I sleeping good? If I, do I have um, a good disposition on days where my stress is pretty low? Do I, do I find that I'm, um, in connection with relationships and I have an understanding of where I'm at and who I am and those all take fuel. So to swing back around with nutrition and try to, you know, utilize it in a way that helps you is going to help that brain and your mind work really well to help you give you the tools. And so with um, the information you've created, it's just a very good reference to help people to understand why we are kind of similar. I mean, we all have glucose metabolism. We all have the certain mechanisms that, you know, our science class bored us to death about, but those are the things we have, you know, it is how the body works, right? It is how the body works. Yeah. Yeah, And when you create new pathways or new neural pathways, that takes more energy than your old neural pathways. Habits don't take as much. Your brain wants efficiency. So habits create efficiency and, and we don't have to utilize as much energy when we have habits. So mm-hmm. for you to take yourself out of the habit and create something new, a new thought process, a new activity, a new eating pattern, that requires energy, right? Mm-hmm. And which requires fuel. And so for on both levels of people, A, you have to make space to create these new habits because they just don't happen. You have to think about them. They take cognitive work. You know, you can't just automatically go back into your old habits. You can, but that's not going to change anything. And so, and with that, you know, you take energy, you know, it takes fuel, it takes work. And then again, though, as you start doing them and as you start supporting yourself, they will start happen. But it's a day to day, every day, invest and so forth kind of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The follow through is important too. The consistency, you know, and um, being patient and 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 knowing that you know it's okay to go slow. Like you don't have to have it all answered, and you know, yeah. which is hard for people. We get it. We've been there. <laughs> we yeah, it's a constant <laughs> learning of your body and how it works. Because again, everybody's got such individual needs too, as far as nutrients goes, is what I'm finding and how how you're. It, it, as well as nutrient needs, your activity levels, your stress levels. These are also different for each person. So these are things that you as an individual have to become aware of. No one can really do it for you. Yeah, it's trial and error. It's trying Mm -hmm. stuff and seeing how it works. It's paying attention and seeing. And and, and like I said, that's why taking temp and pulse and food logging is really helpful because then you can visually see what's working and what's not working. You know, it takes time and effort to do. But it's like, you know, these are your signals. These are what's going to show you how, how you're going down your path. Um, if not, you're just randomly throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping for success, which can happen, but you're, you're going to be more 
you know, zoned into where you want to go by giving yourself feedback. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. (laughs) Did you have, did you want to? I was just going to add, you know, sometimes you are going to throw darts because you have to kind of go outside of your beliefs. Like sometimes we get kind of lost in the idea that we've done something before and it, you know, didn't work but we didn't take in what context it was put in. Like, you know, if I did something, maybe I didn't see how that may have not have worked then, but why it's working now. That kind of brings that experiment, that researcher inside of you out, that part of you that's willing to be curious again to see, you know, well, let me, you know, let me not throw everything out and and just let me see what what I can try to recreate within what I, what I had tried before. And that gives you power. That gives you that empowerment within to say, you know what, I'm still the discoverer of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit here and just go basic here and talk about carbohydrates because I still feel like there's this major issue with carbohydrates and, it's it's really to me I see it as the quality of carbohydrates the type of carbohydrates and and Kate I noticed that you just posted uh, you just had a post on your Facebook page about starchy carbohydrates and I think there's a huge misunderstanding of how like you metabolize starchy carbohydrates and that they're equal or the same as fruit. And actually sometimes when I talk to people, they don't eat fruit, but they'll eat bread and pasta or they'll eat really, really starchy carbohydrates and think that that's okay. Again, it's a, it's a, a not as digestible as like a fruit or, or dairy for some people. But I think there's just a huge misunderstanding about it or some people just cut it out altogether. So Kate, I was wondering if you could just kind of go into a little bit of how like starchy carbohydrates are a little different from simple carbs and how, you know, if we're going through a lot of digestive distress and a lot of, and a low metabolism, how it can be helpful to know the difference between the two and know which one to choose for, for energy production. Yeah. So I think to clarify, like starchy carbs would be your, your grains, your bread. Um, It can also be potatoes and they can be some fruit, like bananas. I mean, those are all starchy carbohydrates. Now your system can have a harder time breaking those down and they can feed bacteria in your gut, causing more disturbances for your system. Um, And I think I posted today, one way to help break the starchy carbs down is cooking them, you know, having a well-cooked potato. I mean, I cook uh, bananas, you know, which will actually make it more sweet. You know, banana can actually change and transition when it's really firm, it's more starchy, when it's softer, it's more sweet. So those are ways that make that food a little bit more digestible for you, along with eating it with some fat, can also make it easier for your system to process. Um, Some of the fruits uh, are easier, tropical fruits are easier for your system to break down. But some of them, like apples and pears, you know, that are super fibrous and high in pectin can also be challenging for your system. So same thing with those. I say take the skins off, cook them, you know, make them softer, easier for your body to digest. Think of cooking as just like pre-digesting. It's just another thing for your body, another level before it gets into your system, and it makes it easier for your system to break down. Because when we look at food, it's not necessarily like how much nutrition is in this food. It's how much can we get out of that food Mm -hmm. and how hard is it for us to pull nutrition? So like nuts and seeds and beans and leafy green vegetables, some of those are filled with nutrition. 
And, but they're packed in a way that it's really hard for our system to get what we now that we need out of it. Or they have other things in that food that don't allow us to get what we need out of it. So they'll have anti-nutrients in there that don't allow us to actually get the nutrition that we need or even get the protein that we need. So mm -hmm. we have to understand the whole food. You know, it's not just about what, how nutritionist is that? Okay, well, can we actually get it? Can we absorb it? Can we process it? Can we break it down? You know, and what is the shape of our gut? You know, because if you're super healthy, you can handle some of those foods and be completely fine. But if you're in distress and you're getting a lot of gut bloating, then those aren't ideal foods for you, or you need to at least have them in a certain way, at least cook them and, and, and so that they're easier for your body to assimilate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about rice though? I think there's still a little debate on whether it's good for you, whether how you're going to prepare it, if you're going to eat it, how much you're going to eat it. Because when we get into these nutritional ways of cooking stuff, some people find that oh, if I eat it in the Japanese style, had, you know, sushi rice, which has been with vinegar or something. Or cooking um, it and cooling it well, too. Yeah, yeah, there's all those different ways of doing it. What, what have you noticed about rice and what, what, what confusions have you kind of seen on that? I think some people can do really well with rice. Um, again, you know, in our culture, the brown rice is seen as healthier because it's more fibrous, <laughs> right? But I mean, again, it's the same thing. Brown rice is probably going to cause more gut disturbances. You know, the Asian cultures don't eat brown rice. They eat white right. rice, right? And so I would usually recommend a white rice. Cook it well, you know, I mean, and eat it with some fat, with some butter. But again, for a lot of people, having those grains aren't going to work right now. You know, it's mm -hmm. going gonna, gonna to take some time. Now, could they possibly add them back in at a time and, and try it? Absolutely. And they usually do and do just fine. Right. Yeah. Right. So we talked to um, one of um, our um, guests and he talked about how he helped his wife with um, gluten intolerance by vitamin E and progesterone and trying to reduce the stress and stuff. And, and, and have you found the same thing? Have you gotten help, help, help people with the um, issues with gluten intolerance in that way? You know, it's interesting because it, 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 a lot of times it depends on where they're living. You know, I find that people in the UK seem to have a little bit easier grains to, you know, that they actually can do better with adding gluten in. You know, I'm not sure that gluten has ever been the issue other than how we create the seed. It's probably, you know, it, it's it more intolerable for us at this point because yeah. 50, 100 years ago, it didn't bother anybody, but now it bothers everybody, you know? So what's happening really? Is it the seeds that we're using are different? Yes. You know, is it all the other processed foods that now we're having an issue with it? Yes. And so do most people at this point in time have some sort of gluten issue? Yes. Can you get their body out of stress and add it back in and, 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 and see how they do? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if they have celiac, I'm not sure that that I've seen someone actually with something like celiac and added it back in and, and been okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, those people already seem to have made an adaptation and now they can't tolerate it. Mm -hmm. But on some level, you know, they might be able to go to other areas that not, you know, I feel like the United States is probably destroyed our grains here more than anybody yeah. that's how I that's my experience with working from people with all over the world but you know it, it I think it just depends it depends on you know the state of their health um, and where they're at and, um, and 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 you know and how they're healing yeah yeah I also have a theory that we have higher estrogen levels in general just from all the the chemicals in the plastic and the stress that we're under 
that could be, and, and also like underfeeding ourselves too. You know, I think there, there since estrogen is a stress hormone, I kind of, I feel like it could be, there could be a possibility that we just generally have higher levels and that also causes an issue with digesting gluten. I think you're more sensitive to gluten when you have higher estrogen levels. Yeah, probably yeah. any higher stress hormones, you know, yeah. I mean, if we all knew that, you know, again, estrogen is the, like the stress or shock hormone, you know, yeah, <laughs> so you understand you have <laughs> elevated levels when you go under shock, you know, and, yes. and we have increased estrogen levels and we need to understand that, you know, that, you know, after we basically have baby or, you know, have a baby or go through, uh, you know, um, development, you really don't need a lot of estrogen, you know, there isn't a really like you need to get it, just you don't. Yeah. It comes naturally. <laughs> I know. You don't, have to, you don't have to work at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so I don't understand why people give people estrogen or doctors. Um, yeah. What, okay. what else is important besides diet, nutrition? Yeah. So I, I think um, one of the things we have to be aware of when we're trying to get healthy is the amount of stress that is on our system is playing a big role. And the more stress we have on our system, the harder it is for us to get into a healthy state. And so the diet that we recommend is basically on a physiological level, there are components of it that will actually reduce certain stress hormones in your system. You know, sugar and salt reduce stress hormones. Calcium can reduce stress hormones. So, you know, obviously a diet that's supportive with high calcium, high, high healthy sugars and minerals and nutrition is going to help reduce the stress in your system. However, if you have tons of external stress, right, you're still working 80 hours a week, or you're in a miserable relationship, or, you know, you hate where you live, or whatever, your attitude just sucks. All of those things are actually going to be excess stress on your system that if you don't look at those avenues as well, you're only going to get so far. So a healthy diet will support you in your daily life and to get through and, 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 and so that you can survive per se. But if you don't look at the, all the other avenues in your life, it's going to be really hard for you to get to where you want to go. In fact, I worked with a client once and, you know, and I used to train her and I helped her with her diet and she was in a, a um, marriage that she didn't like, you know, she wasn't happy in this relationship. And, you know, we did a lot of different things and we got her so far. And then finally she got to a point she was ready to leave this relationship. And I'm not telling you within one year, she lost 10 pounds and just her entire attitude and it just, and she didn't do anything else. She didn't change her diet. She didn't work out anymore. She just basically got happier and mm. that shifted her. And it was, I, and I, I think it's so remarkable sometimes to see this, that sometimes it's not exactly just your, your workout program and your, and your nutrition program. You have to look at other, and if you're miserable, it's going to be hard to lose weight. Or, mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. whatever it is you're doing, because it's just this emotional armor that you have around yourself until you get to the place that you want to go. And then things just can happen naturally. Yeah. I almost see as um, the weight gain is a, um, a precursor to the body going, okay, I can relax a little. I don't have to work so hard and kind of give that pre preempt to saying, oh, I'm being fed and I'm happy. You know, because like if you think about how we all love comfort food, right? Comfort food fills you up and makes you feel like secure and stuff. 
And if the body's been in such stress for so long, you, you think about like what response would it have? It's going to say, yes, take it all in. Oh, <laughs> yes, I love yeah. it. You know, But it's also going to build muscle too, right? That's the th- thing that people don't consider when they're gaining weight. They're like, oh, I gained weight, but you could be also gaining muscle, which is something that's very metabolic. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you have a supportive, you know, when you get an anabolic state and, you know, and, and we all know that carbs are very protective to maintaining and, and helping muscles grow, you know, and you start giving your body everything it needs to gain. I mean, you know, you can do very little more activity, but start gaining muscle. So right. yeah, that does happen. But you're, I mean, I think it goes back my, you're, you, you always want to be safe. Your body's always looking for safety. You know, mm-hmm. we all want to feel safe. And sometimes, yes, we're in that totally stressed arena you know, uh, running, running, running and trying to be lean, 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 you know, it's just in this state of fear constantly. Like if if I'm not lean, I, I, A, I can't love myself and nobody else will love me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that whole another conversation, but when your body starts shifting and eating more supportively to help it, and you might gain a little weight, it's, it is feeling, it's starting to try to feel safe again, you know, and sometimes that little bit of a body armor, you know, a psychological level can help people. Yeah. I mean, if even you though they, they, they might not like it. Yeah. But it's also a mindset. Like if you think about the African co- countries, they, there was a, um, a certain status that was with, you know, being fat and being wealthy meant, you know, you weren't starving all the time. So, sure. you know, they, yeah. these mentalities are different in different cultures, but what we're forgetting is that there is a transition time. Like if your body has been starving, it's been lean, let's say it's been lean, but underneath it, it's been actually starving for nutrition. Then you start to slow down your stress. You start adding some food, you start giving it saying, it's saying, Oh wait, I've got all this good stuff, but I haven't, I haven't utilized all this in a long time. So I'm going to hold on to it. Like I'm going to be like that chipmunk for the winter, you know, I'm going to take sure. it in, right. I'm going to hold it, I'm going to make sure I have, you're going to feed it again. It's like you <laughs> yeah, have exactly. Totally <laughs> and we don't know it. when we're gonna get more. Ah. That's right. And and yeah. there's that that part of like you know uh, uh, keeping your body in tune with itself and it's saying okay we have not been in this certain mechanism in so long that we got to kind of revamp everything, let ourselves our guard down and be able to go back to what we know is free and being able to move correctly or not correctly but just you know allowing the body to do what yeah. it's naturally been born to do you know instead of trying to fix it all the time like we got into this like yeah. old detox craise you know everyone's like we gotta detox uh, our liver we gotta detox our kidneys that, yeah these, thing, these things have always done I'm glad that. that's they've always done them themselves so you don't have to do it right. yeah <laughs> you're naturally made to be that way they don't need help they no. just you know you know stop trying to add stress to it um yeah but that, yeah. that's the only thing those diets ever did i think they like helped let's say detox your intestines because you just probably ate less crap yeah. so it gave you them a little yeah. Right. Yeah. So that maybe made people feel better for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, your liver and your, you know, could you think they all need fuel, you know, they need that to work. Like, don't take that away. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to be a filter for your car, you know, like the filter uh, was there for the purpose of just doing yeah. what it was made to do. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, I'm just not going to put gas in my car for a week and see what happens. Like, yeah. is it going right. to run? Probably not. <laughs> not well. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference between a human, though, and a car. We actually will utilize other resources right, to fuel right. ourselves, but it's at the expense of usually muscle or your thymus gland or, you know, whatever else. I mean, when you put yourself in that position to use other resources that are not your primary or your ideal resources, then you're always going to have some 
casualty over here. You know, and it might not be instantaneous and you might not see it immediately, you know, because you're so focused probably on the weight loss that you, it doesn't happen immediately until it's too late. And there's a lot of people that you'll see that have done certain diets and then they've crashed and burned. And now they have to really do some intense healing. And when you get to that state, that's years to fix yeah. that system. Yeah, I find it's really amazing to work with the, um, an older population in terms of, and when I say older, I mean the ones that may not have been active in their life when they were in, in their mid ages, and then they go into their older years, and they're having difficulty functioning because their stress levels are quite high. Then they have the pharmaceuticals that keep them on the continuous buffet of pills, you know, and not utilizing that pills are your, your prescription drugs weren't supposed to be something that you had daily. It wasn't supposed to be something that you were supposed to stay on. It was supposed to just help you at the time that you needed it to keep you from having pain or something like that. But now people are just prescribed every day of your life that you have a pill. And, and it's interesting to find that it's a discussion with them about revisiting, you know, how do you want to live in terms of like an athlete, like an athlete has to perform and recover and do things to kind of help themselves when they've done something very stressful in their lives uh, of a sport, you have to learn how to be the best recoverer in, the, in your specific sport to be the best at what you're doing. And it's these discussions that I have with these elder, uh, the older population that still have this dependency on a drug or the dependency to stay with like what they learned. And, and it's kind of a re-education, but it's I also feel like I, I feel compassion because sometimes I'm like, you know, all the things I've changed over the years of learning from where I came from to this point of learning stuff about Ray Pete and all that and the physiology, that it is really kind of difficult to let go of things that you've learned on the way, you know, you know, Absolutely. it's really kind of re revisiting and saying, you know, this isn't working for me now. It's okay to let go of that, you know? Yeah. But that, yeah. I think that goes back to the neurology of when you've done something for so long. And I right. think pills and medications also make people feel safe. Mm -hmm. You know, I take my pill, I feel better. I feel safe. Don't get, you know, if you take my pill away, they get anxiety or whatever else. So they, they have to shift their mindset of that pills really created an adaptation. It's really not healthy for me. And if I want to get away from it, I have to create a, a new set of goals that that's my goal. And, you know, and when people get off pills, it's not just as easy as getting off pills, especially if you're in a painkiller and anxiety right. or an antidepressant. I mean, it takes some time of tapering and really dedication to get off of that and you're going to go through this phase. Um, so, you know, that's safety to people, you know, and I think, you know, how you were brought up and the ingrain. And like you said, the longer you're in a mindset, the deeper those neural pathways are ingrained in your system. And so mm -hmm. for someone to shift out of that, they really got to be focused on something else and, and keep on that path for quite some time, you know, and I think why people, you know, if they've been, an alcoholic and go through rehab and then a year later they rebound and go back on it because the path is still there mm -hmm. you know and you say so you have to go on that day to day you have to keep on it you know that's why they do a all the time you got to keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it keep, doing keep coming it. back keep coming keep back, coming back. yeah because you have you've, you've had that 30 40 years of those old patterns you know mm -hmm. and i think they can certainly diminish but i think that they're still lingering there a little bit that if you're not still focused, you know, and that's why I say this path, this journey to healing doesn't end. Sorry. No. <laughs> right.
Sorry. There is no goal. It's just new stuff you learn. There's new places to go. There's new pathways. And you know, and, and you might just have to think you got it kind of figured out and then something happens. And so now you're going to learn more stuff. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. Well, true. and that, yeah, that reminds me of you stack the pharmaceuticals on top of not getting sleep, right? What do you think happens to like brain function and you know how are you supposed to get into a mindset if you if your brain isn't functioning optimally because you don't have enough sleep it's kind of a negative feedback loop because because a lot of the pharmaceuticals like i've had clients who have taken um stuff like ambient and it's like supposed to make you sleep better but it actually makes you worse and there's so many terrible side effects to that but you know, I know that you've mentioned this before, Kate. Like there, and and we we teach this as well. Is that like sleep? If you're if you're having issues with sleep, that can mean other things. That can mean that you're not balancing your blood sugar properly. That can mean things that you could handle nutritionally, stress wise. I wanted to bring up this article that actually that you posted on Facebook too, because I, I mean you have the best Facebook post. I have to say, I really love. Oh, it's my day to day. Yeah, to I can and, tell. And good yeah. Stuff. <laughs> you said a recent discovery out of the University of Rochester showed that in sleep, let's see, you can open up special channels that allow waste products and toxic buildups during sleep, including the proteins that build up in dementia to be discharged from the brain through the cerebral spinal fluid, which bathes much of the brain. And this unique channel system is 10 times more active in the sleeping brain than in the waking state. That was really cool. I was like, wow. So there's so much that happens uh, during sleep that we're not really aware of in the recovery process, right? Especially with brain function. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know that sleep is beneficial to our mitochondria. So we, or it's beneficial to our cellular function. It, you know, we restore our systems that way, but it's super essential for your brain. You know, we don't realize that our brain has a, a detoxification system. You know, it doesn't utilize liver function or anything like that because we have this blood brain barrier. So we have the cerebral fluid that actually helps detox the brain. And when we're sleeping, it, like I said, it's 10 times more potent while we're sleeping. So, you know, you know, people that aren't sleeping, they have all, it's, they have a hard time thinking, they have foggy brain, they have all sorts of issues going on. Um, and so, you know, Sleep is such an important, important piece of the pie with all of this, you know, as far as healing. And of course, everyone says, I wish I could sleep better. I try, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. doing this why I'm see. I mean, it's just, it, and it gets, you know, it seems it gets worse as you get older. I mean, that is a, a definitely a top complaint. So then people just refer to medications and, you know, I got to sleep and you know, let me take this to help me sleep. And so, you know, a lot of that comes back to stress reduction, balancing mm -hmm. your blood sugar consuming enough food through the day, you know, because if you're not eating enough, you're going to have dysregulated blood sugar and then you're not going to, you're going to wake up because that liver isn't able to maintain your blood sugar. So stress hormones are going to rise. You're going to wake up, you know, and, and that's going to be a continuum until you can get that regulated. Yeah. And it's actually perceived as a bad thing, but it actually is your, your body is waking you up for a purpose. It's, it's, it's telling you if you understand what's going on, like, okay, I know it's so hard for some people to understand that the glycogen storage are low. What does that mean? I don't know. It means somebody else's closet isn't full. I don't know. So like, <laughs> you know, like in some ways you kind of, you know, kind of help people kind of listen to the fact that this is a um, like an alarm clock. It's like your body's saying, hey, we can't let you sleep because something might happen to you. 
And until you kind of work on maybe taking the food at night to help with um, the blood sugar regulation to keep the adrenaline effect happening, um, or if you um, don't reduce your stress, maybe through um, trying different things, meditation, doing certain things to maybe a bath or some kind of mechanism that works for you based on what's working for you, then you're not going to be able to do, just do sleep. You know, sleep is, 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 it comes to you for a reason and, you know, timing when you go to bed, what you're doing every day, is it all a factor of that? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, um, you know, and I, and I tell people now because everyone's like, I don't want to eat in the middle of the night. And I'm like, well, I, a sure way to get yourself back to sleep is go eat something, you know, mm-hmm. go eat some salty, sweet food. You know, you can have, start drinking salty orange juice. You can have some milk, put some salt in it. You know, I mean, some people work better and I, you know, they have a piece of toast and they put cinnamon sugar on it. I mean, that has worked for people. So I'm just like, whatever works for you and gets you back to sleep is going to be way more important than the calories you just consumed at right. that moment in time. You need, you know, sleep is essential. And, and as you start regulating yourself better through the day, you will start sleeping better and you'll start to have, you won't have as many of those wake up calls through the night. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's an interesting kind of thought is that most things are perceived as a bad thing, but really we kind of would, if we looked at it in a different way, these are all guidances. They're like alarm clocks or they're like gifts to say, wait, this isn't working for you. Maybe you right. should revisit this instead of just pushing through it or being afraid of why am I odd or what's going on with me as a threat. You know, it's like we're forgetting that the body is, is made to be our friend. Like it's telling us things that we need to listen to. And yeah, our mindset says, oh, we're supposed to be stronger than our body, right? So our cravings are some kind of um, for sugar or cravings for this, that those are deemed as bad and you got to overcome these things. And, and there's the problem I see in a lot of this kind of reconstructing of the beliefs because we've, we really helped kind of bring this um demonizing of like you're a weak person you know i'm a weak person because i didn't do this or i i associate shame or fear or some kind of guilt with it that helps me kind of bring back this like i'm still doing it wrong right 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 and i think you're right you got to change the conversation you have to let people understand that just because you're stressed out and you're craving sugar that that's not a bad thing it's just saying your body needs energy you know, mm-hmm. it, but it is also listening and, and feeding it the right sources of energy so that you're, you're not getting weight gain or whatever else that you don't want or overeating, right? Because mm-hmm. overeating, yeah, that's going to make you gain weight if you're eating more than your body can utilize. But craving something sweet when you feel stressed out is a normal physiological reaction of your system because it wants more energy. Your body, when your body's stressed, you're using more energy. Your, the demands on your body are higher. And if you're, and if you're not feeding it, your body's just eating itself, you know, and some people like good, I'm like, well, not really, because initially what it's going to be doing is just tearing down your muscle tissue and that's right. how it's regulating its blood sugar. So yeah. yeah, slow down your metabolism and yep. create more weight yeah. gain. So then the you're more, on this. The more cycling. muscle losses, the more stress hormones you produce, right? Yep. Which then made me have a theory of like, well, who would want to keep us believing that sugar is bad? <laughs> 
I told Allison this. I'm like, you know, if I was a marketer and if I wanted to try to make people buy my product, what would I do? Okay, I'll make some other product bad, right? So if you think about, like, I was thinking about this with um, some uh, friends and people that that I see this constant need for alcohol, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm, alcohol is not being demonized. <laughs> Everyone, calm down. Everybody it's, drinks it's, alcohol still. Like they're like they'll yeah. do this like strict diet and then drink alcohol. Like what? Yeah, I like that's what cracked me up the most. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I got gluten-free beer. <laughs> I've got this GMO-free wine, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but this is a cry for sugar. Like, <laughs> you're really needing sugar and that's why yeah. you get your alcohol. So I was thinking, you know, what a great pro- way of trying to like switch bait, right? Get the alcohol company's great uh, influence by allowing them to kind of just ride on the coattails of everyone demonizing sugar and fruit. Hey, no problem. Come on over. We got all this beer and all this wine for you. We're good for you. <laughs> you know, we'll help you out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, it, it is interesting what people do. You know, I'm like, I'm on a ketogenic diet, but I drink my wine. And I'm like, what? I, what? Yeah. How does that, <laughs> how does but, that fit? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, how? But again, you know, I go, I know what you're doing is you're eating less calories you're, and you're eating less things that your body probably couldn't digest. And so, yeah, that makes sense why you feel better and why you have less bloating. But, yeah. you know, cool it works for you yeah you know, I, I, exactly i mean i don't i don't want to argue with anyone that's working for you i'm like i think you should do whatever's working for you absolutely yeah. and then whatever you know we all have our path and so you know everyone's going to learn what they're supposed to be learning and then be yeah. aware enough to know when it's not working anymore and make I think that that's important yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the absolute rule. And and that takes some humbleness, you know. You know, I was thinking about it too. You know, a lot of these um big leaders in self-help and people who are out in the forefront of creating their marketing and plans and helping millions of people, they get caught in it too. They they don't recognize like their entrapment is created by their own branding or what they've done, you know, because you have to re visit a lot of things you think well that did work but did, does it work now Absolutely. and do I have do I have the strength to tell people I yeah no I went the wrong way and yeah I helped you guys but you know let me let you know that this is really not working for me either instead of just putting the the facade on and saying yeah just keep going you'll be fine you know yeah. um yeah, well, yeah you got a lot of money the- invested in something it's hard to walk away from it you know so yeah. I mean I think pe- I, I I definitely seen people transition which mm-hmm. I think is, you know, good, respectable. I mean, I think we're all still on the learning curve. I, I mean, I hope in five or 10 years, I'm going to be saying some different information. So, you yes. know, I mean, hopefully it's going to be supportive and relevant, but I'm sure we're going to find out new stuff. Yeah. And, and, and maybe the, what, you know, some of the things that we thought we knew, cause that article you're talking about, yeah, they're talking about, you know, the brain never had a lymph system and the lymph right. sympath- now they got it, you know, information on that. So that changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and what happens at night and what's going on really with you, you know? So that is the cool part of it, but there's another part of just saying like, it's, this is working for you now. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Keep going. And I, and I think looking in the forward future, I think the brain is going to be a big part of the conversation to be honest. Absolutely. I think so too. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I think yeah. we're, cause we don't know, we don't know that much. And so we're going to start learning more and more. And I think we're going to learn how we can trick ourselves and do things. And when we understand that brain better, you know, I think things will become easier, hopefully, yeah. um, for all of or, us. 
and hopefully you know, there won't be too much dogma and taking it off into um, profit only because you know as everything is kind of wrapped up in that you lose a lot of the essence of why it's out there it's supposed to help everyone and you know and we want to keep that kind of in in the forefront it's definitely why we're we're trying to help end suffering in some ways you know even though we induce it ourselves and it is a learning curve if we can minimize it life is a little easier <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I mean and on that like i had a conversation with ray you know just a few weeks ago i emailed him i go look just on a personal note i want to ask you you know why do you why do you return all these people's emails all the time i mean i have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails from ray and I know mm. he does it with everyone. And, you know, he responded back and he's like, I just think it's the right thing to do. Mm. You know, and wow. I think it's my place to help, you know, and that was it. Like, he doesn't ask for anything. And I just take that and, you know, and I'm like that. And that's why I always look. And I mean, I, you know, for, to write that one post, I assure you, I probably read for at least an hour of information, but I feel like this is good information. We break it down. And I think it's important to share and give people free information for taking it and you know because I think that's a big part of this I mean this is what we you know and I'm not saying I'm right all the time but mm -hmm. I think it's important that when we have something that is essential to, to helping people that we share it absolutely yeah I agree yeah and that's why Allison and I have continued to keep coming out yes. with new new podcasts and all yeah, free information <laughs> we yeah. do it for free um yeah and that's we really we it's a it's I'm we're both really passionate about helping people understand themselves better and because we've been through it and understand the value of it. So, and how empowering it is. Um, and we're very we appreciative yeah. of the hard, hard work and, and the passion that you put into your book and yes. Yeah. Agreeing to come on our, on our podcast again. Absolutely. And because it, it does, I know kind of sound corny, but you know, it does take <laughs> a community of people to well, really Well, that's do not corny thing. at all. Yeah. No, that's no, not. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I wholeheartedly well, I, like, I kind of changed with that. it from where the idea of what it was say was like uh, it takes a village. You know the whole oh right yeah. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it's great to have people in our circle that are on the same page and we can talk to and and the again like what I said with Brian on the last podcast have the science to back it up because there's so many people talking right now. Um, about science to back their stuff up. And, and so who's, you know, I don't know, like, who do you believe, right? I guess you have to believe what, what's, what most resonates with you and that, that works for you and try things out. But, and Absolutely. much like what we have done. Yeah. So, but we, we really are glad, Kate, that you're in our circle and that you've, uh, that you've come on our show for a second time. We feel special. Hey. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. Do you have anything uh, that you're promoting or I know you, you talked once about writing another book, but I, that, I know that takes a long time. So, you know, yeah, it does. And I, and I've gone back and forth with different topics. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's there. Can it, I mean, maybe it will happen this year or at least the start of it. So, you know, I've gotten so much into the neurobiology part of things now because I find it so fascinating and I, yeah. I want to find how the relevance is to, what we do because I think we we have such a programming for doing stuff and so the nutrition aspect is super important but if you can't pull people out of their programming it's mm. hard for them to do it so yes. it's like okay, how can we do this and relate it to nutrition and you know and, and start supporting it and have a better understanding of why we're doing stuff because a lot of it is we're programming ourselves to do it so 
um, you know, I started to shift. I'm like, well, how is this relevant? So I'm still in this yeah. searching phase right now. Have you got any insight on, on the deeper aspect of where our beliefs around this come from? Beliefs around nutrition? Uh, yeah. I mean, like our, you know, what we've talked about today or what you're, what, where are you going with it? Like what, what beliefs are you looking for? Well, I think our beliefs are just, you know, our, our history, you know, and yeah. who taught us and, you know, what has worked for us. I mean, obviously every time you eat less, you lose weight, you're going to think that that's a good method. Right. Um, right. So the problem is it's never sustainable, you know? And so, you know, if you're in, and sometimes you just think it's not, you're like, oh, I screwed up again and now it sucks and I suck and I'm just going to gain the weight back. Mm-hmm. Whereas it is sustainable, you know, but you have to completely change your belief system. And, you know, and I made a, comp, a, a post the other day and I said, you know, I think some of the hardest people to shift are a people that have dieted a long time and also people in the fitness profession that yeah. are super invested in this way of eating or living yeah. or whatever else that, you know, the whole hardcore workout tons and, you know, and be super strict and calorie restrictive. Um, and, you know, there, and I was too, you know, and I look back, you know, and it, as much as I, it took me and I would do something, I would still revert back a little bit and then I would, you know, learn more and I would, you know, and so it was, a, it was a process and it was yeah. really un, un, unwinding some of those old beliefs, you know, but I it was super embedded and ingrained into thinking that way. And so, you know, but I think hopefully we can find some quicker routes, you know, to, to, to get us there. Um, you know, and again, I don't even know if that's the right way. Maybe it's, we should keep moving forward and there aren't really any quick routes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, Alice and I had the same discussion about what we still see in gyms and clubs and fitness areas and the mentality and the fear and what, you know, what you're losing if you do something different and, you know, the idea of that perception and how to change, you know, workouts based on neurology is a whole different new forefront for a lot of people. And, but it is showing to be more beneficial to kind of get that in there because it really does make the programming easier for that individual because you're really, really specific to that person. But it's just a slow process of convincing, not convincing, but helping people see that there are other things that you can do now. You know, there isn't this like pain, you know, all pain gain kind of thing. Or I mean, the- I feel like it's been happening. I, I told you this earlier today, Maya, that it's, I feel like the same information is being talked about about 20 years ago, same stuff, like yeah. in the same testing, you know, the body fat testing and all that 20 years at least, you know, and it's yeah. just like, it's like wow, fashion. that's, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> always come back. Well, we forget, right? We forget that that didn't work for a while and then they repackage it and they re-put it out again, you know, and then it works again for some years and then they, they find it doesn't work. They repackage it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so, and again, you know, healing isn't the most, it's not the, the sexiest route. It's not the quickest route. It's not, you know, yeah. you're going to look this way immediately, but it's, the most supportive and long-term route that's going to work. At least that's my, you know, that's my experience. I mean, I've been doing this for eight years now. I can't tell you I've did any program more than a year in my lifetime prior to this, you know? Mm, wow. Yeah. Now, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm lucky enough that I've done this long enough that I'm, you know, at a goal weight that I like and I can do a lot that I couldn't do before. And so, you know, but that took a lot of years to get me to get to this place, you know? And so it just, you have to have that persistence. You have to know that this is what you want. And then you have to be, be, uh, 
brave enough to walk down these paths that are, you know, you haven't done before, you know, yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. It's and, definitely and a life. Of- yeah. It's what is it? Braving the wilderness. Yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and being okay about being weird for a while, you know, cause you're totally weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just all, be- they still think I'm weird. Like, <laughs> you're drinking orange juice. What? That's you're crazy. Getting that, you're getting like oysters and orange juice. How do you, where, okay, you're weird. <laughs> well, does anybody want to, is there anything else uh, that we want to talk about before we close up? Kate, anything else on your mind? No. No, I don't think it's out. Well, thanks again for, for coming on the show. Uh, you can My find pleasure. Kate at katedeering.com and you can find her Facebook page. It's Kate Deering Fitness and right. her book is How to Heal Your Metabolism. And you can find that on Amazon and probably on your website too, katedeering.com. Okay. And yeah, so uh, again, thanks for coming on again. And hopefully we can have you on for some Q&A at some point is kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know, at like some point in the not too distant future if you're up for that maybe a live stream or something Um, we can have us three on there and do that do like a panel kind of thing that would kind of be fun yeah (laughs) okay nice okay thanks so much for listening head on over to pureenergypdx.com if you want to watch this episode comment and share your thoughts about today's show and be sure to go to patreon.com slash integrate yourself to support this podcast and integrate into our online community today. Thanks everybody for listening. I am taking the week off. I'm going to Mexico next week for a yoga retreat. I'm going to do some relaxation and replenishment. So we're taking it off. So, and then Maya's taking the week off after that, but I will be releasing another episode the week that I get back from my trip. So Thanks again. You guys are awesome. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again soon.